0: Hey there, welcome back to the Path to Zion podcast where we are rediscovering the ancient way. Thank you for tuning into the channel again today. We are in the heart of a series. We're nearing the halfway point, I believe. And what are we talking about? Salvation. Big word. Big topic. To all who obey. Using the Hebrews text in chapter 5 to expand our understanding of salvation. Friend, are you saved? Are you being saved, because we're told in the word of God that it's those who endure to the end who will be saved. So the way I talk, I'm 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 saved now in the sense of I'm being rescued, I'm being delivered from strongholds and sin and oppression and, and the ways of the nations. I'm being delivered day by day. And as I move into the likeness of Messiah, empowered by Holy Spirit to be changed and and continue this, this process. of of new creation living. Yes, I'm being saved. And I will be ultimately saved when I, if I, I don't have a problem saying that, it's up to me. If I endure to the end, and how do we do that? We live out a life now, as we looked at in Ezekiel, about the new covenant reality, that the evidence of the new covenant is that we have been empowered to obey. Yeshua reiterated that point. If you love me, keep my commands. In other words, if you love me, obey what I say. And as we're always regurgitating here, (laughs) Yeshua did not have a new religion he was promoting where, okay, so this is what my father said. Mm. Put that over here. Now obey me. That is a ludicrous proposal when you word it like that. Yeshua in no way came and said, okay, you know all that stuff that the Father told you in his perfect Torah? Don't do that anymore. Now obey me. Really? That, that is when you say it like that, which is a, a it's not a Christian lingo version, but you just say it bluntly, it sounds absurd. Even to the casual believer. Oh, well, Jesus would never do that. Well, no kidding. <laughs> Um, he never spoke on his own initiative. We know that and we cover that all the time. Now let's just we've got to keep moving. We can't go over what we've um, already talked about. So we talked about camp one some um, and and they were what defined by wicked, lawless transgressors, um, unbelievers, those who are what outside of covenant. You're either in or you're out. Um, and so camp two because and then we looked at all the the verses that in measure, when I say all, man, we looked at 20 out of the hundreds that exist, that are a contrast about, and we see this in the Newer Testament all the time in Shaul Paul's writings, of this, 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 and this, but you, uh, and it's, there's this discrepancy. There is a, an identifier of camps, as I'm promoting. There, there are these groups of people, this group, and there is this group. You're not, you're not in both. You're one or the other, and you're identified by what? What you do and don't do. This is not this is not um, legalism. <laughs> this is a set apartness. This is what the Bible calls holiness. Holy is a consecrated distinct one. Something different than the rest. And so camp 2 is righteous, holy, in covenant and belief. Okay? 1 Timothy chapter 4 verse 10 tells us, "We have our hope set on the living Elohim, who is the savior of all people, especially to those who believe. Now, this is—I took a rabbit trail on this. And I'm like, well, this this verbiage in several versions uh, uh, kind of moves us into like, so he's kind of savior to all people, but he's really savior to the ones who believe. That would take a whole other study, and I'm not, so I'm not going to really extrapolate on that today. But it's quite interesting. First Timothy four ten. If you want to look into it, I would spend some time there. Um, so anyway. Uh, Significant nonetheless to mention. Acts chapter 4, verse 12. There is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven. What's the name? Yahweh, Yah is salvation. Yeshua, Yahshua. Okay, it's kind of important. (laughs) Uh, And there's no other name under heaven that's been given among men by which we must be saved. Okay, there's no other name. There's no other way. There's no other door. There's no other way, truth, life. Yeshua, Yahweh, is salvation. John chapter 3, The Father loves the Son and has given all things into his hand. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. Whoever does not obey the Son shall not see life. But the wrath of Yahweh remains on him. Okay, so here we are. I mean, (laughs) The word of God makes these things clear when we just set a time, set aside the time, to compile it together. Right? I would think so. Is it? Is it also confusing in many things? I just don't understand yet. Like this does not seem to go with that. Yes, yes. If we're a real studier of the word of God, we are not. I don't think we're walking in full understanding at all times. I read Shaul Paul's writings. And sometimes I still read them, even knowing a context shift that I've had in the last several years. Ah, oh, still, I still can't make sense of that, which is freeing to remember that we have been told in the Word of God that Paul's writings are difficult to understand. Why do you think we were told that? Because it's true. <laughs> it's a good reminder for us as we move through the entirety of the Word of Elohim. Okay. Whoever does not obey the Son shall not see life. Okay, obedience. Again, obey. He became the source of eternal salvation to all who obey Him. First mention uh, Matthew chapter 8, verse 27, for obey in the New Testament. The disciples were amazed. And what did they say? Who in the world is this man? Even the winds and the waves obey this guy, right? Obeys. That's first mention. I like that because first mention sets up a principle from a biblical standpoint of what? They looked at this with their natural eyes and they saw natural elements that no man had ever controlled to this magnitude be submitted and yielded and surrendered to the power and authority of Yeshua. Even the wind obeys Him. Even the waves calm themselves and obey this messiah okay so that's a good it's a I say that because I believe it's a good picture a good mental picture for us to be likewise when we talk about obey well how do we obey like the wind which is raging raging wind okay imagine you're on the ocean in a very likely small boat and you're being tossed about by this wind Yeshua speaks, and the wind dissipates. Calmness comes. Waves, same thing. Raging waves. Your boat is smacking up and down on the waves. It's terrifying. Things are probably falling out. Yeshua speaks a command. What happens? The waves, they obey. They hear, and they calm themselves. They respond in yielding their own way. Again, this is metaphor, right? And this gives us a snapshot, I believe, if we use the Word of God to to live accordingly, to give us metaphorical understanding and illustration, we are called to live likewise, which is what? We hear the command of our Messiah, and we do what He says. If He said, be still, I'm still. You understand? He says, go, I go. He says, don't go, I don't go. We respond like the winds and the waves who, what? Obey Him. They respond to Him yield to his instruction. Hebrews uh, 5, 9. We're just going to keep reading it over and over. How many times I need to read it? Mark um, 1, 27. Amazement gripped the audience, and they began to discuss what had happened. And they said, What sort of new teaching is this? It has such authority. <laughs> Even evil spirits obey his commands. Okay? So here we have... Uh, Natural elements, winds and waves, they obey the commands of Yeshua. Here we have demons, demonic spirits, they obey. And as I always say in different ways, the only problem is when we get to humanity. We're the ones who buck up against and say, Obey? I'm free, man. I don't need to obey anything. I'm under the law of liberty. (laughs) Obedience. Ah. Anyway, moving on. Why? Okay, why this obedience? Why obedience by, again, demons and natural elements? And we just picked those two out. We plucked those two out just to give a, an example, if you will, using verses about obey, where it first started popping up. Because he, Yeshua, was the source. He was the source. Okay? When, when we read the, these words rightly, he, um, in Hebrews here, our, our main verse, that, that he became the source of eternal salvation, he was the author. He is the one whom all salvation comes from, comes out of. He is the capital S source of salvation. And thereby, what he says goes. And he said what his father said. We see the exact same thing with Abraham, interestingly, all the way back in Genesis chapter 26. I will multiply multiply your offspring as the stars of heaven. I will give to your offspring all of these lands, and in your offspring all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. Okay, we know this. We talk about this. Many people love Abraham and talking about him. In Abraham's faith, Abraham's faith, Abraham's faith. Yes and amen. But why, why? Why were these covenantal promises extended to him? Because Abraham obeyed my voice, kept my charge. I'm going to read it like this. Why why are covenantal blessings extended to Abraham? Well, we're told in this text in Genesis chapter 26, I'm going to read it like this. Because Abraham obeyed my voice. Because Abraham kept my charge. Because Abraham obeyed my commandments. Because Abraham obeyed my statutes. Because Abraham obeyed my laws. Friend, laws have always been in place for Yahweh's people. They've been in place for humanity, but only Yahweh's set-apart consecrated people obey them. We have to get this through our minds and allow it to come through the cross and out the other side into this epoch of time in which we now live in the new covenant. It is still true. It has always been, this was preceding Torah, right? Genesis chapter 26. Well, what law were they living according to? There was laws, statutes, commandments, charges. And his voice, Yahweh's voice? Yes, it has always been so. And so if we think for a moment, by mishandling this new covenant age that we live in, and this newer testament understanding, and somehow Paul set us free with a new gospel of now this law of liberty, friend, we have mishandled the word of God in its entirety. And we're exalting ourselves above Abraham. A valid question seems to be applicable. Are we who are now in the new covenant better than he? Better than Abraham? In Jesus, are we free from living as people of faith like he did? Are we his seed? Oh boy. oh! Take that continent-sized topic and put it over here. Are you Abraham's seed? Faith looks like something. It always has. Hebrews 11, saints, anyone? Faith looks like obedience. 1 John chapter 3. Everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. Everyone practicing sin also practices lawlessness. Indeed, sin is lawlessness. Well, what's sin? Well, uh, I looked at that lady too long last night. Okay. Yes. Lawlessness. Well, uh, I stole $50 from my friend's wallet. Yep. Sin. Lawlessness. We could go on for hours, right? Sin is lawlessness. So if anyone can, if anyone comes at me and says, man, if you're, I heard this word for word. Well, good luck being a law keeper. Good luck keeping the good luck keeping those six hundred and however many commands, brother. Good luck doing that. And my response in humility then was, it would be the same as it is today. Friend, I would rather be a law keeper than a lawless one, a lawbreaker. Because I know what this word of God tells me about the lawless ones in the age to come. It does not bode well for them. They are wicked and they're cast out. And what? Salvation is far from those. Sin is lawlessness. 1 John chapter 3. You know that Yeshua appeared. Why? In order to take away sin. Okay, what's sin? Sin is lawlessness. Yeshua appeared in order to take away lawlessness. And in him there is no sin. In him there is no lawlessness. No one who abides in him keeps on sinning. Okay? We have to do this. We have to look at the word of Yahweh and know it and get it in here and say, oh my gosh, that's what this is saying. No one who abides in him keeps on being lawless. No one who is in lawlessness, has seen him or knows him. Children, and this, this is why I've, I, I talk like this, and I understand it offends people, but this is passionate. Children, let no one mislead you! Exclamation point. The one who practices righteousness is righteous, just as Yeshua is righteous, who is not lawless. The one who practices sin lawlessness is of the devil, the adversary, for he, the adversary has been sinning from the beginning. Friend, do you understand what first John chapter three is saying? The adversary <laughs> he's been a lawless one from the very beginning, <laughs> and all are abiding in either. The 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 lawgiver or the lawless one, the father or the adversary. Distinction. Two camps covenant, law keeper, righteous, holy set apart, consecrated, in the adversary who's been the lawless one from the beginning, sin. You're walking in sin and lawlessness and rebellion. And salvation is for all who obey. Obey what? These things have to be asked. This continues in 1 John chapter 3. The Son of Elohim appeared for this purpose, to destroy the works of the devil. What's the works of the devil? He's the, he is the father of lies, and he is the lawless one. That's who he has been from the beginning. So no one born of Elohim practices sin, cycles of sin a lifestyle of lawlessness, the ways of the Goyim Gentile nations. It is clear who are the children of Elohim. It is clear. It Let me say this, and this is to all of us, friend. This is to all of us. It is clear who are the children of Elohim and who are the children of the adversary by this. Please listen, because I look around and sometimes... I can't tell who's in and who's out. I can't tell who's righteous and unrighteous. I can't really tell. We all look the same. The holy and the unholy, the defiled and the undefiled, the clean and unclean, they're all mixed up together. I can't really tell. The Word of God teaches us, friend. It is clear who are the children of Elohim and who are the children of the adversary, by this. Anyone who does not act righteously. Okay, so that's over here, and that's a big compartment. That's huge right here. Or love his brother. Wow, that's that serious? Apparently so. Anyone who doesn't act righteously or love his brother is not of Elohim. And friends, this kicks us back to Torah takes us right to the heart of the Torah. Love Yahweh with all your heart and love others as yourself. That's what Yeshua, who is salvation, was saying. Obey what I'm saying because I'm saying what the Torah has said from the very beginning, friend. And even before that, that's what Abraham lived according to. Love Yahweh, your Elohim. Have no other gods above him. And love your neighbor as yourself. And if you do this, you are living as one righteous, walking in the ways of the beautiful Torah of Yahweh Elohim, friend. I don't even understand that myself. Yet it is true. It is true. Why? This is the message you have heard from the beginning. 1 John chapter 3. This is what the law and prophets spoke of, brother. Love one another. This is so powerful. In my opinion, and not at all because I'm saying it out of my mouth, but because it's the eternal word of my wonderful, perfect Elohim, my, my Abba Father. This can change someone's life if you let it, friend. Maybe you. John chapter 14, verse 15. If you love me, says Yeshua, you will keep my commandments. I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper so he may be with you forever. The Spirit of truth, whom the world outside of covenant cannot receive. Why? Because it doesn't behold him. Why? Salvation is far from the wicked, friend. The Word of God is speaking to us today. They can't see it. Why? They're wicked. They're lawless. They're distant. And thereby, salvation is not in their proximity. They can't behold Him. They can't know Him. But you, distinction. But you, you know Him. Why? Because He abides with you and will be in you. The Ezekiel prophecy The Word became flesh and dwelt among us and thereby a component of the perfect Torah going from tablets of stone to the hearts of men, an indwelling reality. It goes on, John 14, 18, I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. In a little while the world will no longer behold me, but you will behold me. Distinction. Because I live, you also will live. In that day, you will know that I am in my Father and you're in me and I am in you. Location. Abiding in. He who has my commandments and keeps them is the one who loves me. We cannot say we love Yeshua and not keep his commandments. He said that, friend, not me. If obedience is not at the forefront of our salvation, friend, we are probably not in it. Because salvation is what He became to all who obey Him. And here in John 14, we see it again. He who has my commandments and keeps them is the one who loves me. He who loves me will be loved by my Father. And I will love Him and reveal, reveal, expose myself to Him. That's why many people are, are in the dark. They know an American Jesus, but they don't know the Yahweh is my salvation, Yeshua Messiah. And I would say it's because of this verse. That was me most of my life. I didn't... Have his commandments and keep them. And thereby I didn't love him, and thereby I'm distant from him. And he didn't reveal himself to me in this way that I know him now. I don't have a problem admitting that and confessing that as my former identity. John chapter 12, verse 48. The one who rejects me and doesn't receive my words has a judge. The word I spoke will judge him on that last day. For I did not speak on my own. And this is what I'm saying about how we cannot. We have to examine our heart and our doctrine and our belief systems and see have we in any way taken what Yahweh spoke in the Torah, the law and the prophets. Have we in any way taken that and literally divided it, tore it in two and compartmentalized that as different from Yeshua and of course Paul's new gospel. We have got to be so careful because then we're, we are literally, we're literally opposing John chapter 12. We are literally in opposition against what Yeshua himself said when he said this, I do not speak on my own. Some say on my own initiative, but the father himself who sent me has commanded me what to say and what to speak. And I know that his commandment is life everlasting. Therefore, what I say, I say just as the Father has told me. And the Father never changes, and his ways are perfect. We have got to address these questions about our understanding and our beliefs. In John chapter 6, Yeshua speaks somewhat strangely. This is a, a perplexing text to read. If we weren't so familiar with it, we would find it very alarming as well, as it as did those who heard it the first time when it was penned. He talks about eating his flesh. Whoa, what? What? <laughs> Imagine hearing that if you're sitting in, in the presence of Yeshua, hanging out, having a meal. Oh, you said some very strange things, Rabbi, but... I'm out of here. (laughs) He says this. I am the living bread, which came down from heaven. If anyone eats this bread, he will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. And then some of those there began arguing with one another. How can this man give us his flesh to eat? So Yeshua said to them, I tell you. Unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in yourselves. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. Now, why am I saying this? Because this is going to begin to move us closer to a conclusion. Closer. (laughs) Again, we see an invitation. That's why I'm reading this. We see this invitation that maybe we don't fully understand. There's so many layers within the Passover an unleavened bread and, and why Yeshua was doing this at this exact time so many layers that we're not going to get into today of course but an invitation is extended now those who do as he says and willfully joins themselves into his very self these enter into covenant and thereby receive covenantal promises okay so again we're we're looking at camp one and camp two. The primary one being the ability to become a member of Yahweh's set-apart people, okay? So, like, we know, as we've already read here, and we know from studying the Bible throughout our lives, or even just for a year or two, there is always this invitation extended. But our response is key. Every man has the option to look upon and be drawn to or repelled by. It is all our individual choice. And so as we bring uh, this part three here to an end, Hebrews chapter five, verse nine. Once made perfect, Yeshua became the source of eternal salvation to all who obey him. And his words were not his own. So friend, are you saved? My challenge is to not, again, again, not to erase grace doctrine. I, I do desire to, to erase a little bit. It's all grace, 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 grace. We don't do anything. We are not the instigator of our salvation, but salvation comes to those who obey. And we are allowing the Word of God to challenge us to say, are we people who are obeying and yielding our will And being found, like we already read, man, about all that list of Abraham. Love, love, he keeps my statutes, my rulings, my laws. my Man, I want to be, I want to be like that. Does that make me legalistic? Well, if so, then Abraham, wow. Abraham was so, okay, imagine that. You go to church, you know, your next Sunday morning, and the pastor gets up there and... Today we're going to turn to Genesis chapter 26. We're going to read about Abraham. And uh, we are going to dissect his life. And we're going to speak about how legalistic Abraham was. And I know the Bible tells us he was a man of great faith. But we're just going to talk about how much works he did to try to earn God's good side as a legalistic one. We would say that's heresy, right? But friends, we take that same thinking and we plug it into New Testament thinking, we say, ah, don't be so legalistic. Just live in the law of liberty, friend. Grace, grace, grace. That is what we're combating here as we talk about that there is salvation to all who obey. You have been watching the Path to Zion podcast. We are Rediscovering the Ancient Way. We'll be right back for more after this. Uh, Thank you for watching. Amen.